Hello again, Bears fans, and how are we doing after a very, very exciting 2021 NFL Draft? And guess what? The Chicago Bears are actually the talk of the town. So why exactly are the Bears the talk of the town? Well, it started in the first round on Thursday last week when they traded with the New York Giants to move up from 20 all the way up to number 11 and select quarterback Justin Fields out of Ohio State, arguably the second best quarterback prospect in this draft behind Trevor Lawrence. We'll get into a little bit more of that later on. They came back on day two of the draft and only had one selection because of a trade up, but they got a guy that many across the NFL when it came to mock drafting and analysis thought that this guy might end up with the Bears at pick 20. The Bears were able to get him at pick 39, and he is Tevin Jenkins' offensive tackle from Oklahoma State. We'll get to more on him a little bit later on as well. And just to round out, day three, the most selections by the Bears, they had a total of five. And this is after all wheeling and dealing because they made a trade every single day of the draft. But it started in the fifth round at pick 151 with offensive tackle Larry Borum from Missouri. Then it went to round six, pick number 217 with running back Khalil Herbert out of Virginia Tech. A few picks later on. And still in the sixth round at 221, wide receiver Daz Newsom out of North Carolina. A few more picks just after that. And to close out the sixth round at pick 228, cornerback Thomas Graham Jr. from Oregon. And the final selection after a trade that uh, sent them back a couple spots, they picked up a seventh rounder, which is pick 250 in the seventh round, defensive tackle Cyrus Tonga from BYU. So... I guess with that, let's uh, go ahead and get started. We'll get to the undrafted free agents in a second, but just in terms of reaction to this draft and maybe even exemplified by some of the big roster news that came out shortly after the draft where the Bears are going to be releasing Charles Leno, their left tackle, opening another spot on their offensive line that needs replacing The clear and obvious candidate at this point seems to be Tevin Jenkins, who I mentioned just a moment ago that they picked up on day two. And, you know, we can just go ahead and get started there because I think that this draft screamed a couple things and it it was a very interesting offseason going into this draft. Let's not forget how desperate the Bears were for a quarterback. And we're definitely going to talk quarterback in here, but the big thing was getting a solution at the most important area in your football team on the field, and that is the quarterback position. But we all were saying it that in this offseason, if the Bears were unable to make a trade for, let's say, a Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, whoever was available on the market, none of that really mattered if they were going to have to have this offensive line in front of them that was one of the most disappointing areas of the football team a season ago. That's where you get into what are the solutions there, and the Bears, with a lot of tight cap money and cap space, uh, it didn't make sense for them to really look in free agency for them to solve their solution, which meant that they would have to go in the draft, and luckily for them, this was a year of really good offensive linemen, especially at the tackle position, where they needed help by far the most. So really, to come in to day two of the draft, trade up and get Tevin Jenkins, and they had to give up their third round pick in order to do so. That's why they only had one selection on the day. 
it screams a huge upgrade on this team. And I think one of the biggest upgrades is just the intangible of this pickup because Tevin Jenkins is considered a very nasty, mean, angry type offensive lineman, a la Olin Krutz, a la Kyle Long. You know, some of these passionate, fierce offensive lineman leaders that we've seen throughout the course of Bears history, Tevin Jenkins seems to be the next one in line because that's exactly what he is. He's a leader. He's very emotional. He fights and he is physical all the way through the whistle. It's really fun to see his highlights, especially in the run game, how he just takes people out. And a team like the Bears that needs help on that offensive line and needs an attitude adjustment on that offensive line, he's going to step in and he's going to be a huge uh, benefit for them. And hopefully they can develop him because his potential is one of those top tier type tackles in the NFL. He can get to that level if he's able to develop fully his skill set. And I guess with that being said, now there's a lot of pressure on the young kid because it it was already one thing when it looked like he was going to be the right tackle, and that was his main position in college. He did make a few starts at left tackle, and that's where it looks like the Bears are going to want to keep him. Again, the news being that the Bears have released uh, veteran tackle Charles Leno, opening up a hole on the left side, the blind side of the quarterback. Tevin Jenkins, once again, with his ability, with what he brings to the table, seems like the most obvious candidate to take over the spot. There are a few guys, and this kind of harkens to what we're going to see throughout this draft in terms of a common theme or something to really take away, and that is competition. Because I think it's very clear that the Bears want to up the level of competition across the board and maybe give themselves a much better chance of finding the correct uh, starters slash important backups, role players that are going to contribute heavily on this football team. And what I mean by that is now you have to see who's going to battle it out for two tackle spots. And you made such a high commitment in Tevin Jenkins. It makes a lot of sense that you would want him filling in day one, and it seems that he's capable of doing that. But you also have to figure out that next tackle. And there's a few guys from last year's draft, like Lechavia Simmons, Arlington Hambright, the seventh rounders. Maybe they're ready to kind of step up because we know if you're a seventh round pick, it's usually going to be about a season before you can really compete for anything. So maybe they're there. You know, Jermaine Effetti is back. He had experience at the right tackle position last year. And arguably, when the line was playing its best, he was at that right tackle spot and seemed to be playing well. Not necessarily all the time. It wasn't a Pro Bowl level or a revelation or anything like that, but solid enough. And I think that he had bought himself at least more of an opportunity to try out for that starter spot. There's also a ton of other guys when you look at Alex Bars and some of the undrafted free agents that they brought in there is going to be a heavy competition for those tackle spots. You wonder then with the guard position and the interior as well, uh, there's what looks to be a penciled in starting interior of James Daniels on the left side, a Sam Mustafer at center and a Cody Whitehair at right guard. But does any of that 
switch around? Is Samus for really that center that's going to be the starter this year? Because we know that James Daniels was a center in college. He didn't get much of an opportunity at center, and clearly he was ascending this past season to being one of the best offensive linemen on the team. Maybe he deserves more of a chance, and he was such a young draft pick, much younger than the average draft pick, that maybe it makes sense that he was struggling a little bit at that spot, being an anchor, and now being a little bit older in that kind of young 20s or mid-20s area versus your really, really young 20s, maybe he's ready to kind of take on that ability as the anchor. You know Cody Whitehair has a ton of experience there. Do you put him there and maybe have one of the other names that I mentioned before for the tackle position fighting for the guard position? You also brought in a couple veterans that are somewhat interesting that the Bears could maybe look at as potential uh, competition, if you will, for that guard position or even the tackle position that we mentioned before. And one of those guys is Elijah Wilkinson that the Bears got from Denver. He's an interesting prospect and coming off a, a first contract, maybe there's something that they can develop out of them. And then, of course, I got to mention Larry Borum, the fifth round draft pick. And it's a big deal because the Bears even mentioned this and they pride themselves on this. And that is picking really good players in that fifth round that have come in and made impacts almost immediately. So is Larry Borum, who looks more of like a developmental prospect, could he potentially be a guy that fills in at either tackle spot or guard spot? And that speaks to what the Bears have at least developed here through the draft with all the offensive linemen that they picked up. There's a lot of versatility now throughout that offensive line room. You've got a lot of options at tackle. You've got a lot of options at guard. You've got a lot of options at center. That screams to me, we are having an open competition and the best five at their respective spots are going to be the guys we roll with. So it's really, and then you look at the money wise, it's, the commitment is to Cody Whitehair at this point, and we think that James Daniels is getting an extension because he seems to be one of the best offensive linemen. You put a second-round investment in him. He's really ascending. It would make a lot of sense for them to try to sign him to something long-term when they get the opportunity. But besides those two guys, there's not a strong commitment to anyone other than Tevin Jenkins and I guess Larry Borum because those are draft picks. Even some of these undrafted guys or the seventh round guys from a year ago, not a lot of commitment there. So no one's really promised anything other than maybe three guys. And it's going to be very interesting to see how that competition goes. It's clear that the Bears have a ton of faith in the offensive line coach, Juan Castillo, and that he's going to put together the best offensive line group. Clearly, open competition, let Juan develop, let Juan kind of evaluate, and the Bears are going to try to roll with the best five that they can. And competition has tended to be a positive thing for them overall when we've looked at what they've tried to do in the kicking competition and what we're going to talk about in a little bit. But when the Bears have tried to address something with competition, it's been at least solid in their results that they've gotten, or they've at least figured out a solution to it. And that makes it exciting for this next position group. And it brings in our first round draft pick, Justin Fields. There is a good competition at the quarterback position now. Before this draft, you really had to be skeptical of what the Bears could do realistically from that position with Andy Dalton 
not only being a question mark with his play of late, but he is also a guy that has gotten more routinely injured and hasn't been able to play as often. He's definitely deteriorated a little bit with his skills, and he hasn't shown really well the last couple seasons. That being said, you put enough pieces around him with an offensive line that we just discussed. Now we think we're going to have uh, a potential of the Bears having five solid guys that they could put together at least a solid offensive line. And then it turns into the weapons that are around said quarterback. And we'll talk about that in just a little bit. It seems like the Bears are okay in, in terms of the weapons area, at least for a tease right now. That being said, if you have an offensive line that can really handle themselves, now you just need that quarterback to execute whatever the game plan is from the coaches and be able to make some accurate throws and get the ball downfield. When you don't have to worry about that offensive line, it's a huge benefit for that said quarterback. And then you throw in the running back position, quarterback's best friend, giving them a run game. The Bears have a sneaky good running back room. I mean, you look at David Montgomery, Tariq Cohen, Damian Williams, the free agent pickup, this kid, Khalil Herbert, who's going to be a return specialist for them, which is big because they needed to replace Cordell Patterson. And if you're an offense starved of big plays and points, you cannot overlook the returner position. I like the competition that the Bears have there with some of their late round picks and guys from uh, that were already on the roster that can compete in that area. But that running back room, really, really good with a lot of diversity and a lot of strength. There's a ton of competition for that kind of fourth running back spot, starting with Khalil Herbert. But you can't forget Artavius Pierce and Ryan Nall, two guys that the Bears have clearly shown that they've liked. They're going to be competing for a roster spot now. So that's going to bring special teams into play. And we know anytime you've got a lot of competition on the back end of the roster, where they're most likely going to get a roster spot is how they well, how well they play on special teams. And that can only mean good things for a special teams unit and the Bears being an offense that struggled mightily. They're a team that cannot ignore special teams. Sometimes you can kind of get away with ignoring special teams if you have that booming offense and a defense that can get stops. Not with this offense. you got to have really good special teams just to make sure you give yourself every possible edge to try to win a football game when you know your offense can't really put up the points. But moving back to the quarterback position, you know, with such a good running back room, with a really solid offensive line in front of them, you start looking at the outside of the receiver position and as well as the tight end. And I think we all kind of feel good about the possibility of Cole Komet developing. The Bears really didn't do much in terms of free agency or the draft. And most likely that's because they just didn't have enough picks or enough money to really add any extra depth or competition to that tight end room. Even That being said, we know that spots three, four in that tight end rotation, that's going to be a heavy competition with who's left on the roster. Cole Komet will be most likely your starting tight end most of the time, followed by a uh, spell by Jimmy Graham and Jimmy Graham as the red zone kind of mismatch big time weapon. And he was very good at that role last season. If the tight ends, you know, ascend with Cole Komet being an ascending player, then you look at the receivers, you still have Allen Robinson, Darnell Mooney with his speed is a weapon. The kid that they picked up in this draft as Newsom, the wide receiver from North Carolina, he's a weapon that they could potentially use. Is there hope for Anthony Miller? If Anthony Miller can turn things around, he might be a cut that's coming or looming, but they were unable to try to trade him. 
He's a guy that knows the system and has ability. He's just been very inconsistent. Do they give him maybe one more chance to battle it out? And there's still the Riley Ridleys of the world, the Javon Wims. Now you bring in a really electric player in Marquise Goodwin, even though he hasn't really been able to stay healthy. But you feel like with all those different kind of receivers and some of the other guys that are going to be battling to try to get a roster spot, when you talk about some of the previous guys on the roster and the practice squad, you know, if they can find a nice six guys at that receiver spot with Allen Robinson at the top, Darnell Mooney is kind of the number two. I think you feel good about the weapons around the quarterback position. And the only thing really missing, if you're Matt Nagy and looking at your team going over the different position groups, you need a quarterback that can really execute and get some of these guys the football or at least know what to do with the football. And if there is those situations of RPOs or the quarterback coming to the line and making the correct checks and calls, that it is going to those run plays. Because we know that Nagy kind of considers those check downs to runs or check out of runs to passes as run plays, even though it may not be a run play, first of all, because they check into a pass. But we hear a lot of times in his postgame pressers, you know, we had run plays call, but we're checking out into passes and not necessarily making it up at other times of the games, kind of sticking to what they were going to do. It just happened to work out that the check got them out of the run. If they're able to get kind of that good balance of run to pass and a quarterback knows to put themselves in the correct situation, whether it's a check on when they come to the line of scrimmage or in the RPO, knowing when to hand off and when to keep it or when to throw it, they have a chance now with Nick Foles, Andy Dalton, and Justin Fields because we know that this kid, Justin Fields, I mean, he's ready to come in. And I don't really have to go too deep into Justin Fields. I think everyone's heard it. This guy is a legitimate threat to end the Bears franchise quarterback search because he is a guy that's been the man multiple times. He's shown the intangibles, the leadership, the workability. He's shown the on-field ability, on-field growth, coming from a very good program, You know, being one of the best players in college football over his few years as a starter but not to put shame on the few because he has a extensive starting history a quarterback that you can look at tons of tape unlike Mitch Trubisky where you just are really almost searching for more tape because there's just not enough on him this guy has the downfield ability he has the pocket presence he's more of a pocket passer that can run not a runner that you have to turn into a pocket passer he is a natural thrower that's not to say that there is not flaws to his game he's going to have to be much better at his processing much better as progressions and reading the field but if he can continue to deliver the ball deep downfield with accuracy like he showed in college routinely uh, the bears have a guy that's a threat at every single level because he has that 4-4 speed on top of it i mean the possibilities that Nagy can have at RPO are huge. That is why I'm not fully convinced that Justin Fields won't be the starter for the first snap of the 2021 regular season. Now, he's going to have to earn it. He's going to have to make sure that he is the best quarterback in camp. But when you look at that locker room that's been scarred by Mitch Trubisky, just as much as the head coach and the GM have been, I mean, the entire franchise has felt that quarterback not working out and how difficult it was under him to be successful on offense. If they see a young quarterback that's clearly outplaying two veteran quarterbacks that have had a lot of success in their careers and that know this system more or just know NFL systems more than Justin Fields does, but with his play, with his how he carries himself, 
if that all shows up to be a renowned by the locker room, uh, if you will, kind of recommendation for that player to be the starter with we know Matt Nagy wants to run his offense. That's his number one goal. And that's why a lot of people are calling this the Matt Nagy draft, because they got a lot of guys to allow Matt Nagy to run his offense, because that is the goal. Get this offense scoring and get it humming, because right now there's no reason to keep Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace because they have misevaluated offense more than anyone has in recent years here in Chicago. So if Justin Fields offers a solution or an end to that problem, I would not be shocked at all if Matt Nagy decides to pull the trigger and go with the kid. Justin Fields is going to have to earn that, though. They're not going to just give it to him. I totally think that the plan is for Andy Dalton to be the starter for as long as he can be. And even how Matt Nagy phrased it, we're going to, we have this plan. If something changes immediately about it. We're going to roll with it. Essentially what he said after the draft press conference, meaning if Andy Dalton's just not getting it done in practice and I got a guy that is in Justin Fields, why would I just make Andy Dalton the starter over Justin Fields? That's what I think he's talking about. And if Andy Dalton Now, with that competition of Justin Fields, with his NFL life on the line, we should see the best out of him. And when we see the best out of a guy that's a Pro Bowl-type player pushing a kid that looks like a franchise quarterback, and then on top of it, too, you have uh, a guy in Nick Foles that kind of plays another wild-card element in terms of just being a guy that can maybe help in the development of Justin Fields. Maybe he helps in the development of Andy Dalton. Who knows? Uh, I mean... Who knows what kind of play I guess Nick Foles has in this in general, but that quarterback's room is very good is gonna be very good for Justin Fields overall in his development, I think. So you got a lot of competition at quarterback, you got a lot of competition on offense all the way around. The Bears didn't necessarily address all their issues when you look at the defensive side of the ball. You know, cornerback was the big area, but this kid that they got out of Oregon, the Thomas Graham Jr., uh, a lot of people have talked very, very highly about him. Uh, He looks like a guy that is potentially capable of being a starter, and he was a starter at Oregon for multiple seasons and opted out this past one. He could be a guy that maybe can be a contributor. They, they're they very high on a lot of guys that they already have on the roster. Uh, you get some guys back. You know, I, I was thinking about safety as a position that could be a weak spot for the Bears, and you kind of forget that they weren't with their full amount last season in, uh, in that safety position when uh, Jordan Lucas he was not even available to the team because he had sat out last season, the the COVID season. He's coming back to be in that safety room. He could be a potential uh, upgrade. You still bring back Deion Bush and DeAndre Houston Carson. Uh, Christian Jones, a former Bear, comes and gets brought back in. You have a battle with Danny Trevathan, with uh, Joel Ibuniwe on the back end of the roster. Josh Lucas, or I'm sorry, Joshua Woods is uh, another guy battling for that inside linebacker spot. So you have a lot of competition at that kind of back end of the inside linebackers. And you could say the same thing with the outside linebackers, because we know Cleo Mack and Robert Quinn are your starters. Who's the next guys up? Uh, Travis Gibson, He's a guy that they picked up in the fifth round last year. You look at 
some of the guys they brought in. This Charles Snowden out of Virginia is an edge rusher that they've brought in. Ladarius Mack, the younger brother of Khalil Mack, is that a guy that could develop into anything on the outside? So there are there's some guys that are really uh, battling it out for those backup outside linebacker if you will, rotational pass rush pieces. I should even put James Vodders in there. A lot of competition at that spot. Then you look at the defensive line. Getting Eddie Goldman back is huge. Signing Mario uh, Edwards was huge for this team, and they were able to uh, secure a guy that was really, really effective for them in the run game as well as the pass game. And when you look at the holes of that defensive line, you're kind of looking at that backup nose tackle, and with Cyrus Tunga, who was rated one of the top defensive tackles in this draft, albeit it was a very weak defensive uh, tackle draft, uh, especially considered or compared to few seasons that we've had in recent memory. But Tunga, uh, a legit nose tackle, could be a guy that really helps in that run game. Definitely is a guy that should be able to spell Eddie Goldman. So overall, even though the Bears didn't get a ton of help from their uh, draft on the defensive side, I think the two guys that they did draft, as well as some of the guys in undrafted free agency, could make some impacts on the back end of the roster. And that's that's really where the focus is at. Sure, the Bears, they might not be 100% perfect when we look at the entire roster, uh, I definitely look at that second corner spot as an area of concern. And then who's your starter right now? Because if Jalen Johnson is your starter, though I really like his play, he's a guy that's continued to have shoulder issues in his first season of the NFL and had multiple in his collegiate career. You just wonder about his durability because number one ability is availability. And if he's unable to play, it's really not going to do you much good not having him. And now you're down potentially two starters, if you will, with him down and losing Kyle Fuller. So a lot of, you know, big time play needs to be replaced, or at least the Bears need to be ready for the potential that they might have to replace a guy in season if Jalen Johnson continues to have injury issues. But outside of that, you can't uh, address every single thing that you want to within a draft. It would be great. And if the Bears had more picks, they certainly would have been able to. They targeted a couple guys in Justin Fields and Tevin Jenkins that they felt that they needed to have. And I tend to agree with some of the intangibles that they have, because if they're as good as they are physically gifted on the field, what they are off the field and with their intangibles, that's going to be game changing for this Chicago Bears franchise in general. And it's going to be exciting. I mean, we're when looking forward to this season and training camp coming up, again, theme of the draft for me is major competition throughout the locker room, throughout the team. It might not just be at starting spots, even though it's a lot of starting spots. When you look at cornerback, you look at offensive line and potentially quarterback, maybe even a little bit wide receiver. I mean, there's some starting jobs up, on the, up for grabs that are going to be battled out this season. Uh, training camp and preseason and then you look at some of the back-end rotation spots that's going to affect special teams that's going to affect the overall rotation of position groups I mean there is a lot of areas to keep an eye on with this team going into training camp and going into preseason we know once preseason starts I mean when you have a first round quarterback as hyped and as as just overall the the impact 
that potentially could have. I mean, you're talking one of the biggest names in college football and one of the top quarterback prospects of the draft. This isn't just, you know, picking up a first round quarterback. It's a little bit more than that. But even with a first round quarterback, you want to see how that guy plays when he comes on the field. And and you know, you're going to see him at least in some preseason action. And it might not be the ultimate judge, but you're going to get at least a glimpse at what you could potentially be looking forward to. So that's going to be a ton of fun. And then it starts with that regular season. We'll see what happens with the final cuts. We'll see if this team maybe picks up a few guys because remember teams are going to be changing their rosters a little bit after the draft, cutting some veteran free agents like the Bears did with Charles Leto to make room for some cap and maybe even create a little bit extra room just in case a nice player from another team was somehow surprisingly cut. That might be a guy that can come in and solve an issue for you, especially if you look at, let's say, cornerback. If they got a corner with some legitimate NFL experience and ability that could come in on a a nice deal for the team and fill one of those starter voids, that would be huge for the Bears. So we definitely can't underrate that. But again, just seeing how this team potentially could develop is going to be just a lot of fun starting with Justin Fields and the bears have found a way to turn themselves around where they are exciting. And we have to also acknowledge the fact that there is the Aaron Rodgers potential of being traded away by the green Bay Packers. And at that point, the division is for sure up for grabs. And I would think arguably the bears would be the favorite at that point. If Aaron Rodgers is traded away to another division. So things could change very quickly in the NFL. As we know, Definitely with the Bears, things are pointed up for at least the time being. Might not mean a lot for 2021 because you look at the draft, they were only able to really pick up one for sure starter type for this season in Tevin Jenkins. Maybe Justin Fields is your starter day one. Maybe one of the draft picks or undrafted free agents comes in, steps up and becomes a wonder. We'll see about that. But at least right now, it looks like Tevin Jenkins is the only guy that's really expected to start day one of the regular season. So it's just going to be a a ton of fun breaking down some of these battles, some of these competitions. And it's going to be very, very interesting and fun once again like a rejuvenating fun to see a quarterback that fans can really be hopeful about put on a bears uniform and wow not only in training camp but start wowing a little bit when it comes to uh preseason and maybe hopefully uh he is the future the generational quarterback and we see him sooner than later filling that role